there was part of me that was tempted to just like go outside where the Wi-Fi connection is better here and just embrace the mayhem of being at summer camp while recording this. The real question is, do I like put bourbon in it or something? Well, you could, but you might burst into flame. <laughs> Maybe you should have put a little bourbon in your coffee. And what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean it means that you went first. <laughs> All right. So... Hello, and welcome to Soft Idolatry. This is a new podcast that uh, myself, Reverend Carissa Howe, and my good friend and colleague, Reverend Alan Olson, are putting together. We apologize for any technical issues we're having this week. Uh, The sound quality is not quite where we want it yet, but we've decided to roll with things as we get that sorted out rather than continue to put this off forever. I am a Presbyterian minister in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, serving two small congregations, Emsworth Presbyterian Church and St. Andrew's of Sewickley. I've been there for a couple of years now, and I'll let Alan introduce himself. Hi, I'm Alan Olson. I am the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Freehold, New Jersey. I have served there for a year. We are uh, both Presbyterian Church USA pastors. I think that's an important thing to lead with, not because you have to be Presbyterian to listen to this, but just because it's good to to listen to everything we say, knowing that we are coming from that perspective. We need to acknowledge our social location, or in this case, our denominational location. So we are going to address the theology from a Reformed theological perspective meaning that we are steeped in the traditions of Martin Luther and John Calvin, among others, and this very much colors our understanding of Scripture. And Alan, would you uh, mind taking a moment just to kind of explain to people what we're here for? What is our goal? Sure. So uh, Carissa and I are close colleagues in ministry. We are friends from seminary and We have spent a lot of time over the last few years talking about changes in the church, uh, where our ministry, the the gaps between what we were taught in seminary and where we meet people in the congregations or in the community. And what we have found is that there are lots of gaps both in knowledge of Scripture— and also in application of Scripture. And these were things that we were not prepared for, not that any seminary can fully prepare you for all the things, but we thought, let's talk about this, and let's see if other people can benefit from the conversations that we have, not just the people who hear our sermons every Sunday. For the most part, we're going to be preaching in our own churches on the passages that we're talking about here in this podcast. We plan on putting out a weekly podcast sort of semi-regularly. We'll be from Advent, which is generally the beginning of December. It's the beginning of the Christian liturgical year through Pentecost, which is sort of the culmination of the liturgical year before we get into what we call ordinary time. During that time, we'll be following along with the Sunday lectionary, 
which is a three-year cycle of scriptures that many ministers across denominations use to help keep them following through not only the whole story arc of scripture, but making sure that they're preaching on parts of scripture that they might ignore uh, normally if they were just picking scripture. So we're going to be following along those. Many of you who are ministers or go to church regularly may realize that these passages are coordinating with what your pastor has just preached on Sunday. If you're a member of one of our congregations, you will absolutely notice that these podcasts correspond with what your preacher has been preaching on Sunday. And then during the summer, we're going to take a break and do a series that is not in the lectionary. This time around, we're going to be starting off with the Ten Commandments. The the commandments are one of those foundational understandings of humanity's relationship with God or God's relationship with humanity. And one of the things that I think both of us found, but certainly I found in my ministry, is that people encounter them as sort of a checklist of behaviors. Do these things or don't do those things, and everything will work out well. And that's really a very incomplete understanding of the commandments. You can't separate one commandment from the other nine. Absolutely. They're meant to be descriptive more than prescriptive in that this is what a a person living out the covenant with God looks like. And we'll talk a little bit more about what covenant means um, as we move along here. Have we introduced the series well enough? I think so, yeah. I think we're ready to talk about where the scripture is found. You can find the Ten Commandments in two primary places in scripture. are two places? Two places primarily. You can find them in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. These are two of the books of the Torah, which means law. That's the first five books of Scripture. You can find them in Exodus 20, verses 2 through 17, or 1 through 21, depending on how far before and after you want to go, and in Deuteronomy 5, 1 through 21. How about we... Should we read yes. them? So, yes, let's do that. Now, one of the scholars whose work informs our first set of podcasts is Patrick Miller, and he says that there is little meaningful variance between the two versions, the one from Exodus and the other in Deuteronomy. So let's start by reading them. Excellent. Here, you shall have Israel, no other gods before me. And the rules you that shall I not make for yourself. What are you doing? Be careful to do that. Where, Wait, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm reading the Ten Commandments. No, I'm reading the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but you you started too soon. No, I didn't. I actually cut some of them off. You Okay, you're going to need to explain this a little bit then, because there seems to be discrepancy as to when these start. Ah, yes, there, there does seem to be a discrepancy here. So this is where context is really important. Um, though there is, according to Dick Miller, little meaningful variance between the two, The differences really lie in the composition or compilation of each of these books of the Bible. Exodus is an account of the movement of the people called Israel out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. We were taught in seminary that the Exodus event 
probably took place in the early 1200s BCE. But we were also taught that there was no written Hebrew language that we know of before about the year 1000 BCE. So there was a gap of 200 years or more between the time that the events of the Exodus took place and the time that they were written down and became scripture. Now, in addition to that gap, you have the book of Deuteronomy being composed another 150, 200 years after perhaps the earliest possible date for the book of Exodus. It is a resetting of the law of Moses being given to the Israelites as they are about to enter into the promised land. This reflects a lot of the changes for the people living in the promised land after they have come to inhabit the land of Canaan, and it reflects the understanding of many of the religious leaders that the people were no longer living into the covenants that the Lord had established with them, particularly in the Exodus event. So when we began reading this passage, when we started reading the Ten Commandments, I started with, you shall have no other gods before me. But you started by saying, hear, O Israel. And this is uh, this is something called the Shema in Hebrew. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I know that was kind of your jam session in seminary. Yeah, so the, the Shema is one of these great foundational prayers in Hebrew. This is one of the foundational statements of the the Jewish religion. The the name Shema comes from the first word in Hebrew, Shema, which means hear or listen. And this is a command. And we find it in its fullest form in chapter 6 in Deuteronomy. And the Hebrew goes, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And this is a prayer that is still prayed by faithful Jews today. It it says that there is only one God, this is our God, and you will love God with every fiber of your being. When you see this in, an, in a Hebrew scripture uh, translated as listen or hear, you really have to pay attention. This is God saying, listen, this is really important stuff. And this is not just a list of rules, as you had mentioned earlier. This is bigger than that. This goes, uh, this goes into what we call covenant. So throughout Scripture, we hear of God making covenant with humanity. And covenant is kind of like a promise. It's kind of like a contract, but it's bigger than those things. It's not just legal but it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's a whole being kind of thing. And so the Shema is talking about loving God with everything that you are. And covenant is, um, it goes beyond simple. Covenant is sort of the active relationship with God. And certainly it spells out some of the legal terms of that relationship. 
And as you hear the commandments, you have to remember that they don't just begin with rules. They begin with, hear, O Israel. And even more than that, they begin with, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is God stating what God has done for God's chosen people. You can't ignore this. This is foundational. And because God has loved Israel and freed them from slavery, they are obligated to return that love to God. And now the contract is going to spell out how they return that love. Yes. This covenant is not something of the past. We tend to think of the Ten Commandments as being an old list of rules that we can carve into stone on the front of a courthouse and then argue over whether it should be there or not. This isn't something of the past. They're meant to be a living part of the present covenant. This covenant is constantly growing and changing and moving and breathing. And even if we go into the Hebrew, and as you all get to know us in this podcast, you'll learn that uh, I am the language nerd between the two of us when it comes to Hebrew. Um, This word commandment, when we look at it in the, the Hebrew, is much richer than simply a command to follow rules. It's a more dynamic word than that. So just like covenant is more dynamic than contract, commandment is more uh, more dynamic in Hebrew than law might be, and especially here in the context of this particular passage. It can have elements of meaning charge, so it's a call, it's something that we are asked to live into. It can mean right, obligation, precepts. So there are a lot of different elements to this this big dynamic word. So covenant and commandment are very active words. Could you tell us what that Hebrew word is? Great question. That Hebrew word is one that might actually be familiar to even those of you who are not Hebrew scholars at all. The word is mitzvah as in bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. So it has this idea of command, commission, charging, covenant. So the Ten Commandments are organized first as our interactions with God and then the interactions among God's people. So the first four commandments specify how we remain in relationship with God and and then the last six detail how we remain in right covenant relationships with one another. One of my favorite theologians, Nadia Boltz Weber, says that the commandments are about love for neighbor. And she says something to the effect of God loves the rest of humanity so much that God commands you and me not to harm the rest of humanity. I love that line. I really love that. She's one of my favorite theologians as well. Nadia, if you ever happen to listen to this, we would love to have you on. I will actually be preaching this coming Sunday, the day before the podcast release, Mark 12, 28 through 31. And this is an important one of my favorite pieces of scripture. It's one of my favorites as well. And you will hear, now having heard us talk about the Shema and covenant, you will hear some familiar things in this passage from Mark. 
It says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This story also appears in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, but I like this version best because it most closely preserves the Shema and then also most directly the the second part of this. The second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18. And these two things taken together are really a distillation. They are Jesus boiling down the Ten Commandments to love God and love neighbor. And Jesus then saying there is nothing more important in the law than loving God and loving neighbor. If you look at the Ten Commandments as a whole, they function to create and preserve a community in which everyone is actively loving God and loving one another. One last thought before we close this episode of the podcast. When we hear the word love in English, we hear it as a state of being, as an abstract understanding of how we feel about another person or how we feel about a place or a thing. It's it's an emotional response and it's an intellectual response. Though we put our hands over our hearts when we say we love something, it's really something that's happening in our brains. But that is not how someone who spoke Hebrew 2,000 or 3,000 or 4,000 years ago would have heard the word love. The Hebrew language is a language of verbs. Every word is derived from a verb. Even the nouns are derived from a verb. When someone who spoke Hebrew 2,000 years ago would have heard this, he or she would not have heard a set, an emotional response, a set of feelings, an idea about someone. Instead, in that concept, in, in, in the Hebrew language, love is not how you feel, it's what you do. Love is a response, it's an active verb. So to love someone is to show your love in visible demonstrable ways. It is to do something kind or loving for another person. I love my mother. That doesn't mean I'm going to call her and tell her I love her right after this podcast. For me, a 21st century American speaking English, that love is an abstract thing. It's a state of mind. In the Hebrew sense, for me to love my mother would be to call her after this and tell her I love her or even better to drive to her house and surprise her and take her out to dinner. That would be more consistent with the way someone would have heard this in Hebrew thousands of years ago. That is really important insight. 
for this as we get into these commandments and try to break out of that mold of just seeing them as those old rules that get carved on giant stones. Um, They're not some magic plan for life that will save you. This is not a self-help book, but what they are is an important insight into this living and dynamic covenant that God offers, how to live out that love. And we need to know the history of that covenant or it's not going to make any sense. Yeah, I really want to recapture the idea that these commandments are dynamic and that they are intertwined and that they function together for the harmony and the good of the community rather than the old view of the Ten Commandments as a checklist of behaviors. Right. And they really are a linchpin in, in the rest of Scripture as well. They are, and and they they keep coming up all over, and so that's really why we wanted to start here. So what do you think, Carissa? Ten more episodes on the commandments? No. No? No, that's going to get old fast. I think what we're going to do is we're going to break this down into six more episodes on the commandments. So we've given you the overview, the 10,000-foot view of this, or bird's-eye view, if you will. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there are these two sections of the commandments. There are the ones that relate to our relationship with God, and there are those that relate to our relationships with others. So we're going to cover for three episodes, our relationship with God based in the Ten Commandments, and then for three episodes, our relationships with others. We're going to talk about other gods and idols. We're going to talk about taking God's name in vain. We're going to talk about the Sabbath. And then as we move on to talk about our relationships with other people, we're going to talk about the green-eyed monster, jealousy, envy. We'll move on to share a little bit about honor culture and inheritance. I know that doesn't sound terribly riveting, but it's really important in understanding these ideas of interaction with neighbor. That's when we'll get into the really fun stuff like adultery. Good times ahead. And lastly, our our sixth episode in this this series formally will be about building bridges and making those connections whole. And what it looks like when we live in a community that fully enacts and embodies these commandments, this love for God, this love for neighbor, and how fruitful this could be. That all sounds great, but of course, we never end up doing a really good job of this. In fact, we usually end up doing a really poor job of this. But that is our call as Christians. Our call is to return to covenant faithfulness. This is why we are starting with the commandments, and this is where we hope to go. We do have a website that we are putting together so that you'll be able to send questions, thoughts, ideas to us as you have them. We'll get some more information to you all next week about how to contact us that way. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun and work for us, and uh, we hope that you will enjoy the fruits of our labor. And until next week, um, how are we going to sign off? (laughs) We didn't think that through. (laughs) 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 Let's Uh, do... Do we want to use an Old Testament blessing? Yes. To send you off, it seems appropriate to use a blessing from the Torah, from the law. This comes from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. 
Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. you've come back from my my sections you've begun with the word absolutely absolutely i did it again <laughs> definitely gonna have to edit that out I, I'm, I, I'm forgetting myself and i didn't even put bourbon in the coffee <laughs> greed or violence or phone calls